Hello out there, science nerds. You're listening to Evolving with Mr. V, a weekly podcast that covers the week that was in AP dual credit biology and much more. I'm your host, Mr. Oscar Velasquez, your master of the biological arts, and this is officially episode 10, week 12, what I'm calling Metabolism and Enzyme Week. In this week's podcast, we'll recap some concepts from our chapter 8, our Metabolism and Enzymes chapter. In this week's second segment, with our Unit 2 exam in the books, it's time to award some hardware to the top performing class and give some shout outs to those students who were perfect in their execution in a segment I'm calling, Hey, You're Awesome. And also, the award goes to... And in our final segment, with the Thanksgiving holidays coming up, I'd like to share a list of things I'm thankful for for this 2020 school year in a segment I'm calling, Who Cares, Mr. V? Well, I do. Spoilers, COVID-19, not on the list. Now, before we begin the podcast, we need to hear from our sponsor in a segment I call, Mr. V Needs to Buy a Turkey and All the Fixins. This episode is brought to you by Enzymes. Hey, are you feeling like your metabolic reactions have come to a halt? Do you feel run down and fatigued most of the time? Are you getting the feeling like your reactions are having trouble climbing that activation energy hill? I am tired. Well, if your reactions can't climb that activation energy mountain to get going, let's demolish that mountain down to a speed bump with the help of enzymes. Yes, you heard it here, folks. Enzymes. That speedy protein macromolecule will lower that activation energy to a small bump in the road for your reactions to get moving and reach that equilibrium. And get this folks, enzymes just don't lower that activation energy needed for your reactions. They're also great for the environment and as sufficient as a baby Yoda eating unfertilized frog eggs. Yup, enzymes don't require any energy to function and are reusable and quick with some enzymes working on a thousand substrates per second. Wow, that's faster than students logging off a Zoom meeting with Mr. V. Bazinga! So next time you feel your metabolic reactions need a kickstart start, reach for enzymes and they'll get the job done. Side effects of enzymes may include spontaneous evil laughter, (laughs) water leakage through eye sockets, ghost chasing, flatulence, and frog hopping. And we're back. So let's go ahead and hit that old reliable rewind button and review some concepts that were for our metabolism and enzyme week. Now, there are two concepts that I want to review for this chapter, this chapter eight, and it is the concept of entropy, the second law of thermodynamics, and the environments that can denature enzymes. So let's start with entropy, the second law of thermodynamics. In this house, we obey the laws of thermodynamics. Now, the laws of thermodynamics are important unifying principles of biology. These principles govern the chemical processes, metabolism, in all biological organisms. Now, the second law of thermodynamics states that when energy is transferred, there will be less energy available at the end of the transfer process than at the beginning due to entropy, which is the measure of disorder or randomness in a closed system. 
system. In other words, all the available energy will not be useful to the organism. So entropy or disorder increases as energy is transferred. Wow, that's cool! Now, as with other biological processes, the transfer of energy is not 100% efficient. In photosynthesis, for example, not all the light energy is absorbed by the plant. Some energy is reflected, some is lost as heat. Now, the loss of energy to the surrounding environment results in an increase of disorder or entropy. Now, unlike plants and other photosynthetic organisms, animals cannot generate energy directly from the sunlight. They must consume plants or other animals for energy. Now, the higher up an organism is on the food chain, the less available energy it receives from its food sources. Much of this energy is lost during metabolic processes like catabolism or anabolism performed by the producers and primary consumers that are eaten. Therefore, much less energy is available for organisms at higher trophic levels. Now, hopefully you remember from your freshman days that trophic levels are groups of organisms that help ecologists understand the specific role of all living things in the ecosystem. The lower the available energy, the less number of organisms that can be supported. That is why there are more producers than consumers in an ecosystem. Don't hate the player, hate the game, son. Now, living systems require constant energy input to maintain their highly ordered state. Cells, for example, are highly ordered and have low entropy. In the process of maintaining this order, some energy is lost to the surroundings or transformed. So while cells are ordered, the processes performed to maintain that order result in an increase in entropy in the cells or organism surroundings. The transfer of energy causes entropy in the universe to increase. So there you go, folks. Hopefully your brain didn't suffer from too much entropy and you now understand how metabolic reactions affect the entropy of living organisms and the universe. We will focus on the first law of thermodynamics in our next chapter. No way. Way. Now let's review what environments can denature enzymes. Our speedy protein friends making our reactions go, go, go. Now, changes in the environment will affect the speed in which an enzyme functions, mostly due to denaturization of the enzyme, the unraveling of the protein, and changing of the active site of the enzyme. And remember, when you change the active site, the substrate no longer fits in there like a key in a lock. So let's first look at the environment of temperature. Now, temperature is able to speed up and slow down reactions. Usually when the temperature is very cold, molecules are moving more slowly and there is less opportunities of an enzyme and substrate to bump into one another. This slows the rate of the reaction and the effect of the enzyme, but it really doesn't denature the enzyme. When temperature increases, molecules move more quickly and bump into one another more frequently. Because of this, the rate of reaction increases as temperature increases, that is, until a specific threshold is hit. Once the temperature becomes too high, the enzyme begins to denature. This occurs when the bonds that hold the amino acids into their three-dimensional shape begin to break. Once the enzyme loses its shape, it loses its active site and is unable to function. 
Therefore, enzymes have an optimal temperature range in which they function. For example, those enzymes that work in the human body, they function best around our body temperature, 97 to about 99 degrees Fahrenheit or 37 degrees Celsius. When the temperature is too high or too low, the enzymes are not able to perform the life-sustaining reactions that they need to do. If the temperature is too high, they denature. If the temperature is too low, molecules move more slowly, but both will end up lowering the activity of the enzyme. <laughs> oh, that's hot. That's hot. Now, pH is another environment that can denature an enzyme. Every enzyme has an optimal pH where it has its highest activity. A reduction or increase in pH outside of its optimal pH leads to the enzyme's activity to slow down due to the possible denaturization of the enzyme or substrate, leading to a substrate being unable to bind to the active site. Now, one last environment that can denature an enzyme is salinity or salt concentration of the environment. Enzymes of living organisms all have different ranges of salinity tolerance. For example, in humans, if the salt concentration is close to zero, the charged amino acid side chains of some enzyme molecules will attract to each other. The enzymes will then denature and form an inactive precipitate. If, on the other hand, the salt concentration is too high, normal interaction of charged groups will be blocked, new interactions will occur, and again, the enzyme will denature and precipitate. An intermediate salt concentration, such as that of human blood, which is about 0.9%, or cytoplasm, is the optimal salinity for many human enzymes. Don't be so salty! So there you go, three environments that can denature enzymes and lower their activity. Make sure to go back and read your awesome textbook, your AP Campbell's Biology Chapter 8, to read further about entropy and enzyme activity. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And that, my biology comrades, is the enzyme and metabolism week recap that was an AP Dual Credit Biology. And now for our second segment called You're Awesome, or the award goes to where I'll announce the winning class for top performance on our recent cell unit exam. And in addition, I'll give some shout outs to those individuals that were perfect on the cell unit exam. So without further ado, the class with the highest class average taking the trophy for top performance on the cell exam with an average of 85.2 is third period. Congratulations, third period. Your hard work has earned you not just the holders of the highest performance on an exam trophy and kings and queens of all AP dual credit biology classes, but also some delicious glucose treats, which will be given out to those attending in-person learning this week. So once again, congrats third period and to all classes. All classes did earn a passing average on the exam with most between 76 to an 85 average. 
But as they say, or I say, there can only be one. And for this unit, it is third period. Don't hate the player, hate the game, son. Now, for some special shoutouts to some individuals, actually really just one individual who earned the maximum score on the cell exam with a perfect 102. So let's give it up to academic superstar Bethany Whitaker from third period. Congratulations, Miss Bethany, on your beast performance on the cell exam. You smart. You very smart. Now, I should give some smaller shout outs to two individuals who were perfect on the SO exam, but somehow fumbled the extra credit opportunity to earn that maximum score. So with a perfect score of 100 on the SO exam, let's give a small golf clap to Jacqueline Halderson from first period and Gabriella Malden from third period. So, way to strive and reach for perfection, guys. So, once again, congrats to Bethany Whitaker for the perfect and maximum score. Hopefully, on the next exam, I'll be adding some names to this shout-out list. And that, my science jabronis, concludes, and the award goes to, or you're awesome. And now for our final segment, where I'll give a short list of things I'm thankful for during this Thanksgiving break, and what I'm calling, hey, things I'm thankful for. So first on my list that I'm thankful for is my family. Yes, my significant other, Christine, and my three offspring, Ellie, Lucas, and Darwin. Who not only just bring joy to my life during these challenging times, but also challenge me to be a great parent, teacher, and overall person. Now, another thing or people I'm thankful for are those students who attend in-person learning and those at home that participate in our lectures and discussions. Yes, I'm really thankful that you actually talk back and communicate with me because it's very disheartening when I ask questions or discuss a topic and nothing but deafening silence is on the other side. So I'm really thankful for those who participate and also for those who are attending in person that make teaching somewhat normal in these challenging times. And one last thing that I'm thankful for for this holiday season is streaming services. Yes, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, and HBO Max have definitely brightened and even expanded my knowledge on certain events and times of our history. Thank you. Very much. Yes, shows like Umbrella Academy, Kurbakai, The Boys, Lovecraft Country, and The Mandalorian have made the pandemic year of 2020 just a bit more bearable. Actually, a lot more bearable. Quiet! From now on, you won't listen to your guidance counselor. You're going to listen to me. Is that understood? Uh, yes, Sensei. Good. So that's my list, folks, of things I'm thankful for during this Thanksgiving holiday break. Oh, by the way, I'm also thankful for beast water, yummy macromolecules, our amazing cells on our planet, and the enzymes that will be making all the metabolic reactions happen during this holiday season. <laughs> Thank you. 
This just into the E211 AP Dual Credibology News Desk. So, podcast listeners, I do have the winner of the podcast trivia contest for episode 9. All correct entries were placed in the drawing, and we had 20 entries for this trivia contest. Now, the winner of our trivia contest will receive a coupon voucher for 5 points added to their lowest exam, a cool retro UIL science t-shirt, a pair of cool safety goggles, an awesome pair of Batman socks, and some glucose treats. So, without further ado, the winner of the trivia contest is... Laura Sullivan! Yeah! Congratulations, Laura Sullivan. Your prizes will be handed out in class this week. Hey, do you want to win some cool prizes for the podcast? Well, here's your chance. Answer the following questions correctly and email them to ovelas at nsd.net for this episode's trivia challenge. All correct entries will be entered into the drawing. So here we go. First trivia challenge question. Who was the sponsor of the podcast for episode five, week five of Evolving with Mr. V? Second question. In the Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian season two, what does baby Yoda eat that is disturbing and just plain wrong? Question three, in our discussion of energy transformations in our metabolism and enzyme notes, Mr. V showed how energy for our planet begins from the sun, that gets transferred to plants, then transferred to a giraffe, and then transferred to what organism? And our final question, on what floor is Mr. V's classroom? So, once again, send your answers on an email to ovelas at nsd.net with your name and period, and you'll be entered to win some cool prizes, like a coupon voucher for extra credit points, a cool t-shirt, some cool socks, and much more. Wow, that's cool! Well, that's it for episode 10, our Metabolism and Enzyme Week of Evolving with Mr. V. I hope you found this podcast informative and somewhat entertaining. I want to thank Free Music Archive, Sound Bible, and Zapsplat for the music and sound effects on the podcast. This podcast was written, produced, and recorded by Entertainment 720, a Velasquez production company. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast on your podcast listening platform. And also, make sure to follow the Evolving with Mr. V Instagram page, keeping you informed of all things AP Dual Credit Biology. Well, this is your host, Mr. Oscar Velasquez, your Master of the Biological Arts, signing off and reminding you to please, please, for your professor's sake, be safe during this Thanksgiving break. So I could